time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Portrait of a Frightened Man. Mr. Robert Wilson, 37, husband, father, and salesman on sick leave. Mr. Wilson has just been discharged from a sanitarium, where he spent the last six months recovering from a nervous breakdown, the onset of which took place on an evening not dissimilar to this one, on an airliner very much like the one in which Mr. Wilson is about to be flown home. The difference being that on that evening, half a year ago, Mr. Wilson's flight was terminated by the onslaught of his mental breakdown. Tonight, he's traveling all the way to his appointed destination, which, contrary to Mr. Wilson's plan, happens to be in the darkest corner of the Twilight Zone. Episode number 123 of the Twilight Zone was Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Sean, did you know that William Shatner's in this episode? (laughs) I mean, come on. Nick of Time, like, it didn't look like Bill Shatner. I call him Bill because we're so close. Um... This episode was the scariest thing in the world to me. Aside from Eye of the Beholder, this is this was as a kid. Now I think that little little guy in the wing is very cute, but <laughs> super terrifying. This is the stuff nightmares are made from, uh, made of in the best possible way. I love this episode. Uh, yeah, me too. Have you have you ever seen? Uh, I. I, I forget. Uh, I, I know I've asked you this before, but I forget which what you've actually said. Have you seen the uh, Twilight Zone, the movie from the eighties? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it, yeah. That that uh, that monster is legitimately terrifying, and not in might be the third scariest thing in that movie. Like the uh, <laughs> uh, you want to see something really scary in the beginning, yeah. and then the man that in the. Um, uh the the one where you know you oh god this is so of, of course of course we we have come for full circle i can't remember the name of the episode where you can't say anything bad about the boy bill mummy oh it's uh um uh i mean it's the one with billy mummy who is everything that, is fine or something like that everything yeah, is good um, that that section of the twilight zone movie where they show the where they reveal the shot of the sister with no mouth is yeah. the scariest thing. I I still will probably skip that if I ever like the next time I watch the movie. Yeah, yeah that that one was uh, was was really scary. Um, the the one with Vic Morrow, uh, um, you know, that that was uh, that was a good one. I'm not sure if uh, like that one always jumped out to me because it was really good or because I knew what happened to Vic Morrow while they were filming that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that one was really scary. Um, the, uh, kick the can part of it, that, that, that was, that was kind of yeah, heartwarming. That, that was, that was a good one too, but yeah, all, all of them, all of them were, were really good. And, uh, you know, Spielberg putting together a bunch of, uh, Twilight Zone episodes. Imagine that being good. You can't, you can't beat it. I mean, it was, it was baked in the cake. Um, had no idea Richard Donner directed this episode. Yeah. I, I was about to say, speaking of, of great directors, Superman director Crazy. <laughs> Richard Donner was uh, was the director of this, and I don't think it was um, I, it wasn't his first directorial thing because he actually worked with uh, Serling on uh, Playhouse ninety, which was the series yeah he did, he did before oh, I didn't know that uh, Twilight Zone. So they so they knew each other, 
Um, but you know, yeah, he, he's like a, a young up and coming director the same way that Serling was a young up and coming writer at the time. So crazy. Absolutely crazy. 1963, Richard Donner, the first of six episodes. I had no idea. Yeah. So he was busy during the, uh, during the last season, actually. Yeah. Maybe he could have, no, no one could have saved season four. Never mind. <laughs> you know, he, he I, I would have liked to have seen his take on, on some of the episodes. I'll, I'll give him credit. O- overall, probably you're, you're right. I, I don't think he could have, he could have saved some of them. I think, I think the only one in his wheelhouse would probably be the Dennis Hopper episode, but I don't know that that can be improved upon. I really like yeah. that as is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not one that needed work. No. The other, um, the other 17. We actually have a reverse uh, Twilight Zone uh, age syndrome uh, thing here. I don't know if you noticed this or not. No. But uh, at the very beginning, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, in Serling's narration, he says that uh, uh, Mr. Robert Wilson, 37, <laughs> husband, father, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, Shatner was 32 when he made it. Oh, so wow. It's, so it's actually the opposite of what they, they normally do in the Twilight Zone, <laughs> where they've got like a 57-year-old playing a 28-year-old. <laughs> You know, Shatner, Shatner could play any age. You know, At he could play a 37-year-old now. And I, I Darn right. Darn <laughs> right. You know, so, you know what, um, what actually did not hit me until watching this, and I, I apologize that we're, we haven't gotten to the story yet, but um, this is about the age that, like, the term gremlin is, like, really – well, I guess gremlin was probably used in, like, World War II for, like – air airplane malfunction and stuff like that right yeah yeah i i think i think that that would have been a, a world war uh world war ii thing probably existed before then but i i think it was, yeah. it, was it was big during world war ii at least it, he didn't say uh you know what do they call them foo fighters because that, that <laughs> yeah. uh th- that would have been a little little off topic but uh <laughs> Uh, so, so Shatner is playing Bob Wilson, a, a wonderful generic name. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And he's a salesman who's getting on an airplane for the first time uh, since he had a nervous breakdown. Now, here's one thing that I had always assumed that his, he had a nervous breakdown related to flying, but they never actually say that in the episode. Yeah, they don't. I, um, and I actually noticed that too. Like I, it was it's kind of like a mandela effect i i just assumed it was a fear of flying um yeah i, I yeah, mean you're right they never yeah they, they they never i you know i think we could all be forgiven for assuming that's what happened but you know because he does talk about you know like them allowing him on an on an airplane but that could just be because he had a nervous breakdown and you wouldn't want to take somebody who had a nervous breakdown and put them in a metal tube that's flying through the sky. <laughs> I mean, even in 2022, imagine like with the, <laughs> through the, through the lens of how our nation viewed mental health in 1963, I can only imagine it was even worse. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, now today you'd have to deal with some Karen complaining about <laughs> the, the fact that she had to wear a mask six months ago. Uh, you know, and uh, so, so yeah, I, I definitely, if I had just been on a nurse breakdown, I'm probably not getting on an airplane for, for no. quite some time afterwards. 
No, I'll walk. <laughs> yeah, ba- ba- basically. So uh, they they get on the uh, uh, Bob and his wife. Um, I'm not sure. Does she have a uh, Does she have a name in this episode? Uh, Wikipedia says Julia. Okay, so she's she's Julia Wilson. Uh, that that seems her. like a seems like a less generic name. I, I appreciate that. Bob and Julie um, are flying over from Kansas. Bob ex- just exactly. had a nervous breakdown. Um, so the airplane uh, takes off, and Bob is uh, you know clutching his armrests, and then uh, he decides to look out the uh, the window, and uh, he sees a, a guy in a in a in a giant furry suit. Um, <laughs> Uh, playing around with uh, playing around in the wing of the airplane. This the suit is so cute, Keith. I <laughs> I had a friend who it was the only dog I would dog sit for because every I had a bad string of luck and there was there was a, a miniature Schnauzer named Toby that like he was always well behaved. I was like, whenever you go out of town, I will take care of this dog. And the owner very rarely cut its hair. It looked exactly like this gremlin on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing is the cutest thing in the entire Twilight Zone. Ouvre. I, I, I especially love there. There's a moment, uh, actually, pretty early on, like in, in my in my head canon, uh, you know, which is a phrase that I just love to love to. Every time you say head cannon, I imagine you as a robot from last week's episode with an actual cannon on your head. That's how you <laughs> um, win a boxing match, Keith. So he he's uh, so the gremlin is like walking around on the wing, kind of climbing around, and then at one point he decides I'm going to stick my hand in the propeller, <laughs> and very quickly realizes that's not a good idea, and I like to think. That 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 the gremlin wasn't going to start tearing apart the airplane until the airplane picked a fight with him. Yeah, it was just it was hitching a ride, man. He doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't know that. And you know, if he saw last week's, maybe maybe the gremlin watched last week's episode and understands that robots can be sentient. They can be in boxing matches. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the future. It's 1973. Um, so, you know, people, people are robots. They're also boxers. And if a plane causes pain while I'm riding, while I'm hitching a ride on the wing, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to start ripping out some wires from the side of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so like I said, I, I don't know that that was in, intentionally in the story, if that's what <laughs> was supposed to be happening, but I like to think that the, the gremlin was just, right. he was he was just having a, a good night out, and then the airplane attacked him. So he decided the gremlin gotta... didn't start this fight. <laughs> no, it didn't. But he was going to finish it. The, um... <laughs> the plane had it coming, man. He it did. It it, uh, it that, that'll teach the that'll teach the airplane to be so rude. So uh, I, I should point out that uh, every single time, without fail, every single time I am seated. Uh, on an airplane, anywhere near a wing, I know exactly where this is going, and I'm. Well not I always, I always take a picture of the wing, and I'm like, oh well, I'm in the William Shatner seats again. <laughs> or, I mean, it is a like I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing this episode. It's a classic. Is it a little overrated because of how like you know ubiquitous it was? Yes, but it is a little silly how like the little gremlin like hides every time somebody else has a chance to look. Yeah. And I, and I love how she, like, 
uh, Shatner actually realizes as he's saying it how how crazy he sounds. <laughs> he's like, well, because he's like, well, it jumps away every time somebody looks. <laughs> you can tell in this first appearance in in the Twilight Zone of William Shatner, unless he's been in another episode I don't know about. Um, you can tell where like this guy is going somewhere. Like he he he. He has the chops even in this episode, and it, it's it's kind of a silly thing. Maybe not in 1963, but um, you know, seeing it in 2022, of course, it's gonna look like kitschy and stuff like that. But William Shatner, like masterclass in acting, and I will stand by that. He he does more with less in this episode than I have seen in a very long time. Even at the young age of 32, playing a 37 year old, I don't know how he does it. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's uh, five years removed from uh, the the robot boxer from last week being invented. Um, so, so probably my my favorite moment in the episode is when the when the engineer comes, the like the flight engineer comes comes back from the cockpit, and um, like he's 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 oh, clearly yeah. he's clearly humoring him, and <laughs> like just instantly like a like a, a spoiled angry teenager shatner just immediately is like all right i i see what you're doing here you're, you're just yeah. me. i i'm not going to say anything else i'll let us crash before i say anything else um the only thing that scene is missing is like a giant button that says autopilot for like the the pilot to hit and then walk back to the <laughs> So then, uh, you know, demonstrating that this is uh, this is you know late summer, early fall of 1963, and not today. Uh, he just happens to be sitting right across the street from right across the street, uh, right across the aisle from a uh, from a police officer who who has a gun on it on a holster on his ankle. Of course, you know, <laughs> so, just hanging out there, ready for anybody to grab. <laughs> right and. And grab it, he does. Uh, Bob decides <laughs> to, uh, to. Oh, and, and here's another thing. So, so Bob just happens to be sitting in the auxiliary exit row, and like, what kind of an air air airline is this, where you've got a guy who just had a nervous breakdown and you sit him in the exit row? Okay, <laughs> I I realize like the exit row has more leg room, so maybe you're thinking, okay. If he can stretch out, maybe he won't go nuts during this uh, sure. during this flight. So maybe you're just trying to keep him happy that way. But you know, like when they go around and ask, "Hey, you know, can you operate the uh, the 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 exit thing if if we need to the emergency exit?" I think he had a responsibility to say, "You know what? No, I just had a nervous breakdown. Can you seat me somewhere else?" Or he starts talking about Gremlin and the and the flight attendant's like, uh, "Yeah, he's fine." Yeah. It, You'd think at that point the flight attendant would be like, "Hey, I'm going to reseat you at a place where you can't literally open the airplane with a touch <laughs> button." And you know what? I'm not going to put next to you a guy with a gun on his on his ankle. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. So literally, on one side he's got a button that'll open the airplane, and on the other side he's got a guy wearing a gun. Um. So this is a you. You got to choose. This is a tough choice. But okay. do you, if you had the choice of this episode and the John, uh, the John Lithgow uh, uh, Twilight is on the movie segment, what is what is better? What would you 
tell somebody to watch? I would tell somebody to watch this one because I never thought I would say this, but John Lithgow is the weak point of that that particular uh, really because like the whole time he's just like he's nervous before there's any reason to be nervous he like def- yeah you you are right and you know actually now that we're talking about that i i think they do spell it out that he lithgow does have a fear of flying they definitely don't yes. with but yeah. um yeah you're right you're right he does kind of ham it up a little i just man this should come as no surprise but the um the the feel good segment i just always skipped over and so that that, that's what i view as the although did did you ever watch uh third rock from the sun yeah because uh lithgow was in that and i think it was i think it was like the series finale is when they brought in shatner as the big giant head yeah yeah they they come to actually greet him at the airport and then uh shatner is coming off the plane and they're like oh how was your flight and he's like it was horrible i saw a man out on the wing of the plane and then lithgow Lithgow without missing a beat goes the same thing happened to me that's so funny i completely forgot about that that was that was an underrated show i mean the beginnings of jgl man like and who was the who was the woman Kristen something like she was great man great show you know what I'm gonna look up some old episodes of Third Rock from the Sun tonight. <laughs> well, see, we, at least we've accomplished uh, that much. <laughs> so, uh, so ultimately, um, despite having a, a little temper tantrum where he says, "Okay, I'll let the plane crash before I before I do anything," he has a change of heart and says, "You know what." I'm going to open the emergency exit and I'm going to shoot this gremlin using the gun. That's just strategically yeah. placed across the <laughs> aisle for me. And, and so he does. And the funniest thing about that is like, first of all, him, like basically like getting like half sucked out of the airplane <laughs> is like, if you thought like William Shatner was being a good actor, like this is him like peak hamming it up. William Shatner Oh while, my God. while he's getting uh, getting sucked out of the plane. I know. But the, the funniest thing about that it is as that's happening, they're like showing his wife and everybody in the plane reacting. And the plane is fine. <laughs> like it, inside, like her hair's not even getting messed up. No, no. So he's over that, here. I never even clocked that. <laughs> he, he's over here like getting half sucked out of the airplane he's just drenched as soon as he gets out there because oh my god because it's raining but inside like you just see like his wife and a bunch of people screaming without so much as like a fan blowing inside like we're not asking for you know final destination here we're we're like but maybe just a little bit of a vacuum um you know what I completely forgot about in this John Lithgow versus uh, versus Shatner uh, versions? I forgot they Jordan Peele did one that I did not understand at all. We, oh yeah, that, that's right. That was Adam Nightmare. Scott episode. Yeah, that that was Nightmare at thirty thousand feet, and it, was that the first or the second season of the the Jordan Peele Twilight? Zone? I think it was the first i i'm almost almost certain it was the first yeah uh, i i think i think you're right about that i I mean you're right that it didn't make any sense because i i think that um you know um you know i i I should say that i really liked the concept of it yeah it just it it didn't work as a reason 
Yeah, because the the whole thing, in case you haven't seen it, uh, spoiler alert, the whole the whole premise of it is that um, so Adam Scott is is flying in an in an airplane, and the, I if I remember correctly, I've only seen it the only seen it once, but uh, there's no setup of him being scared of of anything. Yeah, um, and isn't there like a he, guy? No, but he finds an MP3 player like in the in the seat pocket. And he starts yeah. listening to it, and it's a true crime podcast. By the way, did you know that they have true crime podcasts now? Why true crime now? I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but he's it's, listening to, and, and it, and it basically starts. Um, that's right. I forgot about that. And it, it, it basically starts like as they're describing everything that happened on the airplane. It's everything that's happening around him, and I thought that was actually really good. And the fact that as he's like trying to prevent this he ends up helping a terrorist hijack the airplane and that's crash it. what it was that's that, what that, that was really good the the problem was that somehow everybody they, they like do a cut scene yeah well, it's, and it's everybody and, and everybody survives but they're on like this this deserted island and they're mad and, at them <laughs> and, they, and they're mad at them and it's like a it's like the ending of um uh, the obsolete man, you know, where the like the yeah, yeah, the, the, with the groaning Nazis surrounding, yeah, them. yeah. That, that's basically what happens at the end of this episode. So if they like, if they had like stopped it, like right as you know the 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 hijacker guy, you know, yeah. crashes it, and they did like a, a a Malaysian airline sort of thing where you know maybe they right. showed some news coverage or something, or literally they just they just stopped it there would have been fine. It was that additional scene where everybody survives and they just decide to start groaning and, and, you know, coming after the guy. I think that's where like, I, like, I, I kind of got a distaste for it because it's like, you know, don't, don't make a remake and then have like half the episode, not a remake. Um, and it was, yeah, I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even mind that it wasn't a, wasn't a remake and like, there wasn't a gremlin. Sure. Yeah. I, I thought that was actually a, an interesting way of, of, you know, sorting, sort of having a new a new take on it. Just the I, it was ju- it was just the the cut scene in the ending where I was just like, why did they add that? It was so weird because they were like, and and you're right, there was like the groaning Nazi zombie type thing yeah. from Obsolete Man, but they also like the facial expressions. If memory serves correctly, I'll have to rewatch it. But um, the facial expressions were like, man, you really inconvenienced us. Like yeah. they weren't like you know. I had a really... connecting flight in an hour, and now I miss. <laughs> now I'm in this island paradise. Um, but yeah, yeah, very weird. But um, I don't know. I, I I think that what you know you when when you have that ending that that cut scene at the very end because it was like even during the credits or something like that, you don't get the the big reveal of the Shatner and Lithgow versions that are, oh, he was right all along. Yeah, um, and uh, but by the way, uh, going back to the Twilight Zone, the movie uh, version, I, I love that ending where uh, John Lithgow is basically being wheeled into the ambulance. Yeah, in the stretcher. And then to, to make everything full circle, uh, it's Dan Aykroyd from the beginning. I know, uh, it's so good. you know, yeah, it, it, it's so good. Um, so here, here's my question for you. So at the end, you know, they like pan back and they show that the engine is all actually torn up, which yeah. brings, up, brings up a question. Like, did the pilots not notice 
that, you know, was there no warning light saying, hey, the engine's being torn apart? Um, so here's my question for you to, to, to wrap this, uh, this, this up. Once the maintenance crew saw that the engine was all torn up, did they let him out of the insane asylum or did they, they're just like, ah, screw him? I mean, I, I imagine like for the, the price of covering this up, absolutely. You know, they, they see that, well, this guy probably was crazy, but he might've been right. So let's just like drop all the charges or whatever. Um, I don't know how that works. Uh, <laughs> and just move on and hope that the gremlin never shows up again. Um, and it won't for about six months until we have to watch the gosh damn bewitching pool. The flight of Mr. Robert Wilson has ended now. A flight not only from point A to point B, but also from the fear of recurring mental breakdown. Mr. Wilson has that fear no longer, though for the moment he is, as he has said, alone in this assurance. Happily, his conviction will not remain isolated too much longer. For happily, tangible manifestation is very often left as evidence of trespass, even from so intangible a quarter as the Twilight Zone. Cabotron.